0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is Trent. I'm here with my good friend, Alan, and it's almost 2023. Kind of scary when you think about it, but (laughs) if you listened last week, you got to hear a little bit about the way that I would approach going into a new year. And so today we want to share with you some of how Alan would approach that same event. And so Alan, I'm excited to talk about how you would move toward 2023 uh, if you were pastoring a church. And so um, I, there's all kinds of good stuff. And it's interesting how we're, we're somewhat say, the same and somewhat different. And so I'm looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, if you didn't listen to last week, I want to encourage you to go back and listen because those are really kind of some of the things that Trent does to get ready. And I, what I appreciated about you, Trent, is how you tend to look back so you can look forward. And I think that's a really helpful thing something I should do more of and I think those are one of the reasons that when we're together with others that helps us be better at what we do and talking with others um, can help us be better at what we do. So you probably have your own method but what we want to do is hopefully say something that encourages you to do something better uh, for 2023. Don't copy me, don't copy Trent but find your own pathway and always try to improve that pathway of personal performance um as, as you go through it and so that those are some things that i'd just like to say on the front end before we jump into it now you had six things i've got four things um but we did <laughs> talk about we did talk about some things um, that you do need to be prepared for we believe in 2023 and we talked you know um as we began last week we talked that you know the economic landscape could mean that there's some challenges that we can rise to We're going to continue to see, you know, this political landscape um, in our country and in our churches uh, continue to maybe be at times a problem. Um, But again, in those problems are always um, opportunities um, for us to to take those opportunities and use them as teaching moments. And then also just the growing secularism in our country. Um, we really are in a downward spiral when it comes to that. And we need to mm-hmm. not be angry about it, but we need to recognize God's put us here on purpose for this time um, to minister mm-hmm. in those places. So anyway, yeah. we needed to remind people of those things before we get started.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad we did, um, because, you know, and it's really interesting to me, Alan, how what you mentioned about the secularization, if I can say that word, my tongue's not working this morning uh say that word for our nation um but that's not true around the world Uh, i've seen as i've traveled that that there is pockets of revival that are really breaking out around the world and i'm excited about that and i want to say that to all of our listeners to say hey god is still moving god is still doing great things in the world um, you may be frustrated with our culture here in the U.S. and the secularization of our culture, but um, believe me, God is moving in other parts of the world.
1: Yeah, and he's moving here too. I think sometimes we get a little bit of that Elijah thing. I'm the only one who's who's doing this and no mm-hmm. one else is, is here. And God sometimes needs to kind of knock us on our heads a little bit and say, there's a lot more than you think, and I'm doing a lot more than you see. And I don't see what he sees, but I know that yes. God's at work and I know there's some great things taking place because I know I work with some churches that are seeing God move in their midst. And I'm excited about some of those things that God is doing. So anyway, let's jump into these four, Trent. Um, the, my, just some four things that I suggest as we kind of think about a new, new year and the first thing i do and i typically begin this process in october and many times i've had it before october's up but i pray for one word um and there have been times it's been two words but or phrase but most of the time i can summarize it down into to one word so um, the one word method you said you've done that before Mm -hmm. too as we were preparing
0: yeah, I, I have, but um not nearly as consi- consistently as you have. And I, I love as reading through our note for today, the some of the, the words that you've had in the past, like discipleship or trust um or construct. And so I, I really love that. And it it does it begins to guide you through the things that you do for the year, doesn't it? It
1: does, you know. Um last year my wife gave me a, a notebook um that had the word design on it because uh this year was a a year of a lot of design and so we were trying to redesign how our organization works and how it functions and so i've got a few notes in there with drawings trying to figure out you know what does this really look like and trying to work on some of those things and it's a challenge you know designing things is a challenge but we've spent a year trying to design who we are and all those kinds of things now we need to construct the what goes up around it. And so this year, I'm going to be dealing a lot in the construction side of that. And we're also helping our in-laws build a house right next door to us. So a lot of construction in my life in in 2023. But, you know, the word is kind of my guiding principle uh, for the year. And I've been grateful for that. It got to a point where, honestly, if I hadn't announced it or told people that God had a word for me, I had several people in my church when I was pastoring who would say, Alan, do you have your word? And they would be praying for me that God would give me a word for the year. And it was it was actually kind of a a big deal, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons when my wife was thinking about giving me a gift last year that she gave that to me because my word is a big deal.
0: Yeah. And I'm so glad that you had people in your congregation who are praying for you to have that. Uh, and so I, as we're talking to pastors and leaders, I would say to you, hey, ask your people to pray for you. Um, you know, that it's, it's kind of a vision um, and for your church and, and they need to have that, too. And knowing that you're deliberately and intentionally seeking after God's plan and word for you, I think that's an important deal.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll be honest. There've been times I've gone well into December and and not had it. That it's been a labor, and mm-hmm. I'd say that some of those labors have been a beautiful time um, on the backside. I mean, <laughs> when you don't know, and your Lord, I just don't know where you're going. I don't know what you're doing, but you, you need to be able to to do that, and you need to be able to look at that and one of the things that I think really helps is to delve into the scriptures. What, you know, what is God saying to you in your personal devotion time? Um, Because I think that's, it's, it's not just a word you grab out of air. Mm -hmm. You know, what tasks are in front of you and what does God's word um, have to say about that? You know, even, even as I think about this year, you know, I think about the cost of building, you know, When Jesus challenges us to count the cost, you Mm -hmm. know, um, what does it really mean to restructure what we're doing and, you know, how does all of that work? And there's a, there's a price tag. And I'm not talking about the financial price tag, but it's going to take more people. You know, it's going to take expanding my leadership group. We love our leadership team. We, we have a blast together. But how do we enlarge that? How would you train other people to become part of that? Those are challenges that we 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 face in different parts of ministry at times, because if you're going to build something, it takes more people to do it. So, you know, what is the scripture behind all of that?
0: Mm, that's so good. And that really kind of leads into the next thing that you mentioned here is a vision series. and. And so you know you're you're kind of getting that word, and and I think maybe does that lead into what you preach about as your vision series in the the beginning of the year? Yes,
1: yeah, so and that's something I've done for a long, long time. And I, Trent, I know you did that too. Um, you know, I know you you and I have talked a lot about our vision series in January over over the years. And one of my favorite times, um, again, when you're a high visionary, this part. Is delightful. I mean, as far as exciting, and you get pumped up about it. If you're not a high visionary, it's a challenge, and it it's almost brutal um, to you. Yeah. But I would suggest that every church, and I I know I've got friends who would disagree, and that's okay. I'm okay if you you don't agree with me on this. But I think every church needs to hear from their pastor. Where are we going as a church? and you know if you can do that as part of your ongoing series that's 42 weeks and in a certain book of the bible then great but i think it's okay to go one offs or two off or however long off Mm you need for a, a particular series that casts a vision for your church and the direction that god is leading you to lead the church they need to know that and so i would encourage you to consider some kind of vision series, something that helps prepare and equip your people um, for, for what's in front of them. There have been times where it was one sermon. There have been times where it was two sermons. A lot of times it was, I, I would say it was three to four weeks, but mm-hmm. whatever God lays on your heart to do with that, I would encourage you to, to lay that out before your church
0: and as you're saying that alan i was reminded of the scripture that without a vision the people perish is what, what one version says uh and i or another one i think is like they run wild or run amok you know kind of thing and and i think our people really do long for some direction of knowing where we're headed for the year and so that they can get behind it if they don't know it's hard for them to be supportive and get behind what's going on. And so this is a great way to say, Hey, here's the target. Here's where we're going this next year.
1: Yeah. You know, I love sports. And so I love a lot of sports analogies and things like that. So a vision series really is kind of like one, it identifies two where, what, what's the status of your church last week. You, you asked the question, you know, is my church hot or cold? Mm-hmm. Well, the vision series should answer that question. It should answer that question for your congregation. You know, um, you know um i grew when i lived in colorado we followed the colorado rockies well in 2007 they went to the world series um you know before we left they traded off their best player and 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 sent up a truckload of money to get rid of him um it it, <laughs> didn't, it didn't make sense to me but obviously mm-hmm. the vision for that team was get rid of big contracts and we're not really trying to win right now mm-hmm. well so that means rebuilding right well, as a fan, you need to know. Okay, my team's rebuilding. It it does set the expectations um, in in a different place than if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers and you know you've got a payroll of six billion dollars and you can buy any player you want or whatever. But their vision is World Series or bust. You know, you need to know that. I mean, you people people are talking about it, and you might as well address it and a. Uh, I've often wondered why teams aren't more honest about that. You know, Mm -hmm. um, why don't you just acknowledge when you're rebuilding? Why don't you acknowledge those kinds of things? Because people know. And I think the same is true in your church. If your church is spiritually kind of dead, your people know that. You might as well address it. This is how we're going to move from death to life.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And and that makes me think that it's important for the pastor to do some searching and thinking about his community, too. Not only scripture and prayer, but, but walking through the community and seeing what the needs are. And that, that may guide you in your vision and your word for the year, too. I think that's a big part of it.
1: Yeah. And that's something, again, I think you were encouraging us to do last week when you were talking about what, when I look back over the course of the year, were we doing missions, were we doing community involvement? You know, what were we doing? And again, I think that where, where your strengths come in as a visionary are, I'm looking behind to see what I did to where I want to go. And sometimes I, I forget to do that part. And I I love that you had added those elements in, because I do think that, those are some of the things in the back of my mind that I'm doing, um, but mm-hmm. maybe should address more more directly with that. So I love that.
0: yeah, well, um, and so another part of this I think that is really important that you've added to your note today is the personal development side of of how you move forward in the next year, how you're preparing for the next year.. Um, you know, not only to to grow yourself and to get your church to look and see what all they've done and where they're aiming at, but that also takes some self evaluation and and looking forward. Where do you want to be as an individual?
1: Yeah, I think this is one of my favorite parts of, of coming into a new year. You know, people do New Year's resolutions and all that stuff. I don't really do resolutions, but um, but I do I do set try to set some patterns or set some plans um in my life for what i'm going to do so personal development you know um as a pastor i like to read a book on preaching every year so i could improve my preaching and become a better preacher than what i was or i would do something one year my whole goal was to become more optimistic and more positive um in my approach and i i there was a book um you know about having a winning attitude that i read a couple of times over that year just to work on my own personal attitude with things um you know i know it's controversial and some people don't like it but the enneagram i love the enneagram it helped me out to understand myself Mm -hmm. and that was i spent a whole year really delving into that trying to figure out what what were the triggers in my life that caused me to have negative to to react negatively to things um, in my life and i still have to work on that but you know, it gave me something to work on that year. Um, In the, the notes, I, I give an example of, of, you know, me needing to do something that you talked about last week was getting at my church more involved in missions, that that needed to start in me. I needed to get more missionally in tune.
0: Mm, I was so excited about hearing about your trip to Lebanon and how you got some folks from your church to go and how God used that. that I think that's amazing. And I'm so glad, glad that you felt that need to grow in that area. And then God opened the door for you to do that. Um, I know that that really was a, a beneficial thing to you personally and to your church as a whole. Yeah,
1: it was. Because when you're growing, guess what? You're going to help your church grow. If mm-hmm. you're not growing, your church isn't going to grow. That's just... I don't know that's a i'm sure that's a geom- geometry um theorem out there somewhere but <laughs> sure it, it takes growing pastors to have growing churches
0: yeah well it's it's all about the overflow right um what god pours into us and we allow him to fill us up and overflow into the lives of others I uh, i think that that's the way that god moves and works through us and so when we're dry and we're not growing and we're not doing what you just mentioned about, you know, growing personally, then we're not going to be able to help our church grow either. It's got to overflow from what God is building and working in us individually. And so the, the, the last thing you have on your list is a challenge to be addressed. And so I'm curious to know about what your thoughts are about this. Um, there's lots of challenges, but what specifically do you mean?
1: Well, you know, we just mentioned one that in, in my church in the past, we had a, a challenge with missions. And so we address that over the course uh, of a year. But there's always a challenge in your church. Maybe it's that, that people aren't growing in discipleship. Maybe it's that new members aren't sticking to your church, that they're coming for three or four weeks, and then they're disappearing, that, you, you know, you have a backdoor problem. Um, it could be um, you you have some building issues, some physical building issues, but what challenge do you really need to take and address um, in any given year in your church? You know, when I first took my church in Colorado, the one I was at 14 years before moving into this role, you know, we, we had had a, a piece of land that we were trying to buy. We'd been paying for for seven years. It was supposed to have been paid off in three but in year seven we still owed a hundred thousand dollars on three hundred thousand dollar piece of land Mm. and we needed to take care we needed to take care of that challenge and so you know the first thing we did was address that challenge well then the challenge after that is we 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 had the land paid for but we need a building you know so we had to address the challenge of building our worship space and our worship center about that you know there was another challenge that came along because we had a worship space but we had no education space so we had to address the issue of education space you know those were physical those were physical building challenges but that the church could rally around and that we needed to address and so we were able to address those things but sometimes it's a spiritual challenge sometimes it's that people aren't growing spiritually, and so maybe we need to create a discipleship pathway, or we need to do something like that, but what is the challenge that you need to address in the life of your church?
0: Mm, Yeah, and like you said, there can be lots of different things. As you're talking about yours, made me think about there was a year that we really had made it a goal to make our church uh, more handicap accessible, because we had some families with children that were dealing with handicaps and, and uh, we that was a community that we wanted to reach out to and so we we had this challenge of how do we do this and that meant doing a whole lot of evaluation of our facilities um our programming and things and how do we add we had to add an elevator and so i can say now that i have built an elevator shaft you know me being several guys from our church. That, and that, that was a great learning process for all of us to think through and get some fresh eyes about what needed to happen so that our um, children especially, but our families with children dealing with handicaps felt more comfortable. And then they, they invited their friends that they knew with children in the same boat. Um, and it really was a blessing to us and to an, a wider community.
1: Yeah, and there's always a challenge i mean if you can't identify a challenge in your church you're going to struggle with your vision because they're usually kind of tied together the mm-hmm. the, the vision and the challenge typically kind of go hand in hand they may not always be identical um, but they they should be somewhat tied together so the challenge if you're struggled to cast vision ask yourself this what challenges are, is my church facing mm-hmm. and how would i address this challenge well that's going to help give you guidance on your vision if you're not a strong visionary so for me i could cast the vision and then see how it tied into the challenges that i could identify but you may have to go the opposite way and that's okay do what is best for you but what are the challenges that your church is facing and? For me, that's always been something I love. I love to kind of tackle a challenge. I'm a, uh, mm-hmm. just kind of how I'm how I'm wired. And so I like to think about the challenge that we're facing.
0: Right. And, and being brave enough, you know, a lot of churches, they're like, well, I don't want to deal with that. And so they just kind of don't deal with things and that are really could be a challenge that would grow them so that they're able to deal with bigger things in the future. But so today we talked about as Alan as he's thinking about 2023, the things that he would do as a pastor or leader. Um, and so you you mentioned Alan having a word for the year, um, you know, and praying through that that process, starting in about October, looking for God's direction in the form of a word for you for the year. Um, then you mentioned having a, a series that, that would kind of spring from that, a vision series for your church, and how you would share that with your church. Personal development was, was another part of that, and growing individually so that you could help your church to grow, and then looking at challenges that need to be addressed in your church.
1: So that's kind of my, my method. So over two weeks, you've seen two approaches to things that Trent and I do to help assess and look and prepare for coming year. And between us, you get a lot of different, different thoughts, different, different things. Um, with Trent, you see a lot of in the evaluation process. With me, you, you get a, a lot in that futuring. How do we, how do we position ourselves going forward? How do we achieve? And so, I think there's a lot in there to process. Um, you know, we are blessed um, to be where we're at and in the roles we're at. Um, God has given us a lot of opportunities. And what we've learned over the last year is that there's even more ways to do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. this, is, this is certainly not exhaustive. I'm sure if we could bring in some other guys, they would give us some, some insights that we've not even thought about. Um, but we hope that what this does is at least help you think of your plan, and how you can build a plan for you as you approach 2023.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be here. It's all over us, and and there's big challenges, but big excitement that is facing us in the year to come because our God is able to do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine, and I'm excited about all that God's going to provide and open doors for our churches to do in the year to come.
1: And I'm excited about the Enduring Churches podcast. We are coming up on um, our 200th official episode. We've got some other episodes that are in there that actually put us over that. But we're coming up on number 200. Man, I can't, can't believe it. We've been doing this a while
0: now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't seem, man, when I remember when we first started this, Alan, I didn't know if we could continue on for a month or two. But here we are several years into it, and it's been an exciting ride.
1: It has been, and we look forward to sharing 2023 with you. So thanks for being a part of our podcast. We hope that you'll not only be a part of this podcast for the coming year, but that you'll also share it with someone else because we want to see not only your church um, thrive and endure, we want to see others do so as well. So thanks again for taking your time to join us as we kick off 2023. Have a great week. Have a great year. We'll catch you soon. Bye-bye.